Hi, everybody. Thank you for welcoming us into your homes, whether this is on Sunday morning or some other time in the week. It's just great to be able to share with you. We're continuing on in our series about the sayings of the wise from the book of Proverbs. And this week, I want to talk about something that's often spoken of in the book of Proverbs and elsewhere in Scripture, and it's the abuse of alcohol. Now, back in the Dark Ages, when the earth was still cooling, and I was in my first year of university at UBC, I was assigned a dorm mate. Uh, I had hoped to room with a Christian guy who had, was a friend of mine from high school, but he quit the first week of school. And so I was assigned uh, a roommate who happened to be a heavy smoker. Uh, he also smoked a lot of dope, and he also drank a lot of beer. And so it was curious to see us at night with me sitting, laying in bed, reading the Bible, and him laying in his bed, uh, smoking hash. And uh, if you know anything about dorm life at, uh, at UBC during those days, at Totem Park, it was, uh, well, it was like Animal House. And uh, I didn't drink. And when my friends used to ask me why I don't drink, I would, I would have one answer. I would say, well, if 10 passenger airplanes fell from the sky every day and killed everybody on board, wouldn't you think twice about flying. Well, the dangers of alcohol are worse than that, than 10 passenger airplanes falling from the sky every day. It is extremely dangerous, and, and many people can't handle it, and we know there has been lots of abuse of alcohol, and many of us, many of our families have been harmed through the abuse of alcohol. F. Scott Fitzgerald in The Great Gatsby said, first you take a drink, then the drink takes a drink, and then the drink takes you. This is something that you won't hear about on the news these days. Uh, according to the Canadian Centre for Substance Abuse and Research, the, the economic cost of alcohol abuse is up to 10 times higher than opioid use, use or abuse, and, and we hear of opioid abuse all the time. The World Health Organization says that ethanol the ingredient that's in alcohol, is a group one carcinogen. Wow. 3.6% of all cancers are from alcohol use. Alcohol is one of the top three risk factors for death from cancer, according to the World Health Organization. And alcohol or alcohol abuse is the number one killer worldwide. That means it kills more people than cancer. It means it kills more people than famine. It kills more people than war worldwide. Phenomenal. It certainly kills more people than COVID, which we hear so much about these days. Wisdom literature addresses the topic many times, the abuse of alcohol. Our text is more than just the two-line classic proverb. It's uh, imagery that comes from the uh, mind of the proverb writer. It's Proverbs chapter 23, verses 29 to 35. Who has woe? Who has sorrow? Who has strife? Who has complaints? Who has needless bruises? Who has bloodshot eyes? Those who linger over wine, who go to sample bowls of mixed wine, do not gaze at wine when it is red, when it sparkles in the cup, when it goes down smoothly. 
In the end, it bites like a snake and poisons like a viper. Your eyes will see strange sights, and your mind will imagine confusing things. You will be like one sleeping on the high seas, lying on top of the rigging. They hit me, you will say, but I'm not hurt. They beat me, but I don't feel it. When will I wake up so that I can find another drink? Let's pray. So, Father, I pray that we would listen to the wisdom literature, listen to the advice of Proverbs, and exercise caution in regard to alcohol. We thank you for the many good gifts that you have given us in our lives and, and that you have challenged us to take care of all those things that you've given us and to use them wisely. So, Lord, we pray for your wisdom in our lives about what we would eat or what we would drink or what we would do with our lives. And we thank you for your great, great, great love and concern for every aspect of our lives. Amen. So our proverb is a warning about the danger of alcohol abuse. But scripture also pictures wine as a blessing from God. You see, in an arid country where you couldn't keep fruit juices without it going bad, uh, fruit juice grapes were turned into wine so that it could be preserved and could last in a hot country. And it was also used for refreshment. And uh, this weak kind of wine that they used was extremely common and was perceived to be a blessing from the Lord. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 and 10. Now, this is just after that famous proverb that says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your understanding, and all your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. This is what the uh, writer of the proverb said. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. In other words, wine is a blessing from the Lord. Also, Psalm 104, verses 14 to 15. He makes grass to grow for the cattle and plants for people to cultivate, bringing forth food from the earth, wine that gladdens human hearts, oil to make their faces shine, and bread that sustains their hearts. In other words, God has provided wine, the ability to make wine, as a blessing. So what the Lord has created as a blessing can become abused with tragic consequences. And that's the gist of our text. Now, does this sound familiar? Something that the Lord has created as a blessing that can be abused and cause tragic consequences? Well, of course it does. Think of sexual relationships. In the bonds of marriage, sexual relationships are a great blessing. But outside of that can cause tragic consequences. And we can think of uh, rape and we can think of all kinds of tragedies that happen because of sex drives and because of uh, improper relationships sexually. Think also of food. Tremendous blessing from the Lord, but overeating can cause obesity and all kinds of physiological problems. Think also of the environment, which is a tremendous blessing from God. And yet it has been and can be abused and we have all kinds of problems that come out of our environmental abuse. Think of power and authority. In, in the garden, 
uh, the Lord gave to humankind, power and authority and ability to subdue and ability to have control over other things. And yet that has been abused. And we see authoritarianism and we see all kinds of uh, political abuse that happened because we have taken a gift which God has given us and we have blown it out of proportion and used it the wrong way and it's become tragic. So every good thing that God has given us can be abused. Our text tells us several things about wine. It says that while wine may seem appealing, in verse 31, that we should be careful because in the end it bites like a snake and poisons like a viper. But the look and taste of wine isn't the only thing that can make it too appealing or lead to excessive drinking. Of course, peer pressure is a constant factor for young people when they go to uh, gatherings and people are drinking. They sometimes feel they need to drink and sometimes they feel they need to overdrink in order to be accepted. Sometimes people drink to feel good or perhaps to feel free. Sometimes people drink to forget. Sometimes people drink out of compulsion or addiction. And I think every family has uh, touched, been touched with that kind of issue and that kind of problem. Scripture paints over drinking as having a heavy or a dire consequence in our lives. It, in our text, it says it impairs our perception of reality. That's verses 33 to 35. It says, your eyes will see strange sights. You will be like one sleeping on the high seas. They beat me and I did not feel it. Harmful, never helpful consequences come from the abuse of alcohol. Now, this is far different from the outcome that uh, beer commercials advertise when, when they show a bunch of young adults together drinking and, and, uh, and partying. You know, I, I've been to those kinds of parties where I have gone with friends to parties and people have been drinking and, and some people overdrink. I never see healthy consequences. There are always sad consequences to overdrinking. And uh, we need to recognize that as followers of Jesus, that, that there are really sad, tragic consequences to the abuse or misuse of alcohol. The proverb ends with, when will I wake up so I can find another drink in verse 35c? This, of course, is the consequence of addiction. After being drunk and being beaten up, his body swollen and bruised, the drunkard gets up and longs for another drink to start the cycle all over again. Did you know that according to StatsCan, 19.1% of Canadians have a drinking problem? Wow, almost 20% of Canadians drink more than is what's healthy for them and cause all these risk factors that I've talked about before, risk factors in terms of family dynamics, risk factors factors in, ter- in terms of cancer, etc. Now, some of these 20% or so people are followers of Jesus. And, and in our own congregation, we've had people who've struggled greatly and, and have great harm happen to them because of the abuse of alcohol or perhaps uh, because of alcoholism. Now, every addiction, whether it's overeating or pornography or gambling, or an addiction to alcohol, is really a worship disorder. Uh, Remember, 
the series of just a month or two ago that we had where we said that our hearts are idle factories, a quote from Martin Luther. And we talked about how easily our hearts look to things to try to provide something that only Jesus can provide. When we ask anything to provide peace, security, joy, satisfaction, it can't provide it. Only Jesus can provide these things. But if you're struggling, there's hope. There's no pit too deep. There's no struggle too epic. No failure too severe. Just come to Jesus. There's enough grace for you. You can drink deeply of his grace and never fear becoming intoxicated or having any negative consequences. The abuse of alcohol, over-drinking, heavy drinking, is a medical and a moral issue. A medical issue because there is such a thing, of course, as addiction, this craving that our physiological, our bodies desire. There's also a moral factor in that choices are involved. So while it is a physical and spiritual thing or have those kinds of components in it, the challenge of Scripture for us is that we need to come to Jesus, start with Jesus. And that's our invitation for you today. If you struggle at all with addiction to alcohol or any of these other issues that people are so prone to be addicted to, and uh, this uh, as a... Uh, issue of uh, a theology disorder, uh, start with Jesus. Come to him. Bring yourself to him and rely on him. He alone has the grace. He alone has the ability to help us become free, help us to be delivered, help us to be on the right path and to worship him as he has intended us to worship. Let's pray. So, Father, first of all, we want to recognize that um, we're all prone to uh, fall into traps in our lives. And, and even with alcohol, Lord, we are, we are prone to uh, slip and, and to fall into overdrinking and, and abuse of alcohol. And, and we recognize there are dire consequences to all of that. So, Father, we pray that you would protect our hearts, that you would protect us from from straying, from looking to you for our security, for our peace of mind, for our joy, for our satisfaction. Uh, Lord, help us not to rely on substances, but help us to rely on you. Lord, I pray particularly for those people who are listening to me who are struggling with uh, addictions to alcohol. Maybe they just think it's an occasional thing or they... Uh, uh, think it's a huge thing in their life, and they're fully aware of the consequences. Lord, I pray that you would bring healing to them. I pray that they would, first of all, look to you and seek counsel and help and find joy and strength and peace in Jesus. Lord, I pray for those of us who are struggling with those who are struggling with these kinds of issues, with these kinds of addictions. Give us grace. Give us wisdom as we endeavor to help them and walk with them and, and share with them the grace of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that your grace covers all of our sins, all of our shortcomings, and we can come to you freely and you give to us freely. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
Let's continue to worship, and I'll come back with a concluding comment. Well, I've noticed that people who drink too much tend not to recognize that about themselves. It's funny that uh, intervention is often needed with people who are even uh, really uh, bad alcoholics uh, who suffer from alcoholism. Uh, they need intervention to even recognize that uh, they're struggling and they need some kind of help. Wouldn't it be wise if we could ask a trusted friend about our drinking? To ask, you know, uh, you noticed how I live, you, you hang out with me and you notice that I use uh, alcohol or enjoy a drink. Do you notice that I am over-drinking? Do you notice that I am uh, putting too much emphasis on alcohol in my life? I think that would be a wise thing to ask a trusted friend, just because we tend not to recognize this in ourselves. Well, karma says you get what you deserve. You're suffering because you have done something that's caused the suffering. But grace says the opposite. Grace says hold on. No matter what you've done, or no matter what has been done to you, no matter your cause for drinking, you can be forgiven and free. Jesus makes the difference. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18 says, Do not be drunk with wine, because that leads to debauchery, but instead be filled with the Spirit. So our goal then from what Paul is saying in the book of Ephesians is not to simply abstain from drinking or to be cautious with, with our consumption of alcohol. The goal is to be filled with the Spirit. The goal to be, is to be filled with the Spirit of Jesus. This is who we want to be. This is what we want to do. We know that this is what brings to jo us to joy and to satisfaction and is a blessing to other people. So our goal is to be spirit-filled people, not to be reliant on alcohol to gain satisfaction or release or joy or any of those things that only Jesus can bring, but rather to be filled with the Spirit. That's my prayer for you, that we would all be filled with the Spirit. Romans chapter 11, verse 33 and 36. Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week.